Hello everybody, welcome to Ashes to Awesome Podcast, Rising and Recovery. I'm your host Chuck LaFlanche, and thank you for joining me while we take a mostly serious look at the realities of addiction and evolving in recovery. Guys, this is my first episode under the new brand, Ashes to Awesome Podcasts, and I'm quite excited to have taken this opportunity early on in the show to take on a new brand as the show has just, it's taken on a totally different direction from where we first started. There's more to the story about why we're rebranding, but I'm going to save that for Tuesday's episode when I have a special guest with me, Dave, from the Dopey Podcast. We'll get to hear his incredible story and that's a story of triumph over addiction and now doing so much to raise awareness and spread the message across the united states he is a giant in the podcast world and i am so thankful to be able to call him an ally in this recovery journey of mine and in helping to spread the message so come back tomorrow for that one guys in the meantime it is a memorial monday and Lana from Florida has blessed us with her story about the untimely passing of her husband. Now, of course, before we get to that, got to get a couple of the housekeeping things done and out of the way, guys. The first one being the the PSA, the public service announcement, still brought to you by the bossy bitch until such time as I find somebody who would like to own that little piece of real estate within the show. And the PSA is about the Brave app. So we started talking about some more local apps where people that were using opiates could register and have uh, emergency responders sent to their location in the event that you know they became unresponsive and weren't responding back to the app to let you know the, the people looking after that know they were okay. And I came across the Brave app, which is a global initiative, which I think is just fantastic. And really pay attention here because though I appreciate most of you are not the ones actually using opioids, at least anymore or ever. I know it's a lot of loved ones of people that are in addiction that, that listen to the show. There's a really good chance for some volunteer work here. You could certainly do your part in, in helping to save some lives. So yeah, it's called the Brave app and it's all over the world. It's available on Apple and Google. And I'm going to just read to you from their website because I really, I'm terrified that I would misrepresent something or give, you know, just a little wrong factoid and, and somebody might not reach this app when they wanted to or, or whatever. So I like to just read it verbatim so that the listeners are, are hearing it firsthand and, and understand completely with no chance of me messing it up. The Brave app, it's a virtual overdose prevention in your pocket, so you don't have to use a loan. Person-to-person connection, no judgment, just love. I cannot speak too highly of what these guys are doing. It's designed for people who use drugs by people who use drugs. And here's a little write-up on it. When we decided to make something to prevent overdose death, we knew from the get-go we weren't the best people for the job. We also knew who would be people who use drugs. 
Using a process called co-design, we spent a lot of time learning from and with the people that the app was supposed to be for. Our ask was simple. What would work for you? So it's anonymous, private, and caller-led. The Brave app delivers remote harm reduction to on your terms. And that's what's really important, guys. So it's your call. As somebody with lived experience of drug use, we recognize that you are the expert on what you need. That's why at the Brave app, you make your own game plan. We honor your expertise, autonomy, and dignity as a caller by ensuring you have total control over how your supporter sends help. We co-design Brave with people who use drugs. During the process, we learn safer... Use isn't as simple as calling 911, and we needed to prioritize the privacy, the privacy, anonymity, and autonomy of our callers. Together, we will make a rescue plan. How do you want us to send help? Anonymity. You don't need an account to use Brave. You don't need to share your name, number, email, mailing address, nothing. Just download the app and call us using a pen name. We don't need to know who you are to, be, to help you be safe. But if you would like to create an account to save your emergency response plan details, we encourage callers to use monikers or handles. Actually, we encourage users to do whatever makes them feel comfortable. This is huge. Like, I just, I can't get enough of this. Privacy. Brave does not collect your data, and we never will. Surveillance capitalism isn't our thing. The only information the app accepts are details to help your supporter carry out your emergency response plan per your instructions. Even then, that information is only shared if either one, you choose to reveal it, or two, your supporter thinks you might be overdosing. In the case you become unresponsive, your supporter will request access to the details of your emergency response plan, which will include your location, access instructions, and emergency response preference. You'll receive a 20-second countdown alert, letting you know that information will be shared unless you indicate that you are okay. If you are unable to dismiss the alert, then, and only then, Will that information be revealed to your supporter who will only use it for the purpose of sending help to you ASAP? When you call Brave, you call 100% of the shots. You tell us when to worry and how to send help. Want us to call 911 if we think you're overdosing? Great. Want us to not call 911 under any circumstances and instead contact your roommate that has Narcan? Will do. Want us to contact your pal who lives down the street and call 911? Consider it done. So I don't know how it's possible to get any better than this. I just don't. If you're using a loan, you get in touch with them, you tell them how, when, what kind of help to send, and they'll do that. And that is so, that's the autonomy portion of this, of, you know, where it's up to you how things go. Again, I, I just can't say enough great things about this. And I think no matter whatever happens on this show, that, that a service like this just gets free advertising, right? I mean, how could it not if we're here to send a message or spread the message? So. Guys, uh, I, again, I appreciate that most of you are probably don't use opiates and this is not an app you're going to need personally. But if you're listening to the show, there's a really good chance that it's touched your life and that there's somebody, you know, within an arm's reach of you that maybe is. Let them know. The Brave app. It doesn't get any easier, guys. So please, if we could do that, that'd be fantastic. Really, guys, I think this week, because there's so much to talk about, but I don't want to talk too much about this rebranding until I have Dave from the Dopey show here. I, I just think that the story is kind of cool how it all played out and but again, I don't want to get too much into that. I guess what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to go into the daily gratitudes right away because, you know, I like to get this stuff done so that I can play you the memorial episode on the Monday. It can end with the song that the submitter has picked so that 
that's what we're leaving the show with. I don't like to add any more ramblings at the end of uh, at the end of one of these episodes. So, so guys, the daily gratitude is my favorite part of the show. Is brought to you by the No New Friends podcast, and that's a podcast for adults who love to laugh at adulting. Just last week, we had Scott on the show, who from the No New Friends podcast, who was an absolute riot, and I got to try and talk him into coming back more regularly and, because I, I just don't think you could do any better than that. These guys are awesome. We cover some tough topics here, guys. Sometimes I just need to laugh at the end of it all because it really is emotionally taxing. And that's kind of my go-to for a good laugh. So check them out. That's a No New Friends podcast. For today, my gratitudes include, I'm going to say Dave from The Dopey Show. This guy is like, to me, he's a rock star, right? He is. He's an absolute rock star. And he took the time out of his day the other day to have a good long chat with me and inspiring and affirming and, and all of these wonderful things. So uh, my first shout out, uh, my first daily gratitude is going to go out to Dave. Uh, my next one's going to go to, to Carl, the atheist. Uh, Carl is a, a re-emerging character on the show here, I guess. Um, and there's lots more to come from Carl, the atheist, but have you ever had one of those friends and, and for guys, it's a rare thing for women. I think it's probably a little more common, but you know, lest I blanket any gender with any, I don't want to become a villain. But anyway, he's that friend who we've been able to talk about anything, you know, and it's a rare thing for guys to have that with each other. Um, I, I am fortunate these days in my life where it seems that most of my very close friends I can do that with now. And maybe this is just growing up. I don't know. You know, I'm in my 40s now and, and things have just kind of changed, but that whole tough guy, manly man shit is gone and we can just be real and raw with each other. So he's one of those few people. He's been a huge part of my life lately. I can't thank him enough for all the things that he's done with me and for me. So uh, a big shout out goes to him as I sit here today. I'm also very grateful for, I know I've said this before, but my sobriety. Once again, over the course of the last week, the universe is just keeps putting things in my in my way, in such a positive way, though not not in, as obstacles, but as as opportunities, and none of that happens without my sobriety. Right, my life is finally looking like it's going somewhere, and maybe starting to mean something. And it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. I am also very thankful to each and every one of my friends who has helped me redesign this logo. I put it out to about twelve people. Um, I put the new name out to about 12 people to a vote, and then I said, to hell with it. I'm just going to go with what I want anyway. <laughs> so I can imagine there is some frustration there. And then I sent the logo out to, you know, everybody, you know, about five different revisions of it. And finally, I, we came to a place where I'm happy. And like anything else in life, you're never going to make everybody happy with it. So there's all these criticisms, and and it was great because that's why I put it out there. So I certainly don't take offense to them. But eventually, I was just like, you know what, man? I'm just, I got to pull the trigger. I got to decide. It's my show. And then so... I hope you all like what I came up with. I mean, you're listening to the show, so I mean, you can't hate it. It can't be offensive, at least, right? So there's that. But uh, those are those are some things that I'm really grateful for. And guys, it's you, the listeners. I am on the cusp of something big right now. You guys are everything to me. Every download, I you know, I just love it. I love it so much. We're spreading the message, and we just might actually make a difference doing this thing yet. You know, again, we, we really could, we really could make a difference. And, and I'm for that, I'm eternally grateful, right? That's, that gives meaning to my otherwise not so much meaningful life. Right. So 
Thank you very much for that, guys. And hey, listen, if you are in active addiction right now, make today the day. Make today the day that you reach out to a family member, that you reach out to a friend, that you call into detox, that you go to a meeting, that you do whatever the hell it is you Hi, need to do to start that my life. my name is Lana. Because it is so much better on the side. And what I'm about to tell is the story of me and my husband. You're listening to the podcast. Life. Listen all the way to the end, including that my song, love. please. It's disrespectful and for the person we're memorializing. I see it. I will just take another minute after the show and text that. I have a lot to say. Use the words. I want to talk about my life and experience in a life lived with the love of my life. All right, guys. The man I thought I would grow old with. I have a lot to say, and I'm grateful for this opportunity to honor him. My goal is not to be a victim in this, but to help and raise awareness to others that may be going through my situation. To give hope, to shed a little light in a dark situation. I want people to know the truth that he was so much more than his addiction. The story I'm about to tell is the truth about our life we spent together. His name is Big Daddy. He grew up with that nickname and everyone who knew him called him Big Daddy. So people who had a problem with calling him that would just call him by Ed, which was short for his real name. It's funny because when we would go in the grocery store and we'd separate and I'd be yelling for him, Big Daddy! It felt awkward because I knew people would be looking at me like I was crazy. (laughs) The life I lived with him was chaotic, but we had good and bad times. I met him when I was 16 years old. He swept me off my feet in a very quick way. He was very handsome, tall, funny, caring, loud. He had a powerful voice. I swear you could hear him a mile away if he was talking. But he was gentle and he was loved by many. He did everything for me. The only problem I had with him was the drug usage. He didn't use it every day, but it was quite frequently. He worked in construction. He was a heavy equipment operator and a Luke man in asphalt. And he did that for about 20 years. Was the best at assembling things and putting things together. He was very handy at home. And... My husband was not a lazy man. He did anything I asked of him. He spent most of his time working on his truck, which I still have, of course. Inside of it, I keep everything he owned, which was very little. Hell, I kept everything. His empty beer cans, his cigarette ducks. I still have the clothes that he died in. I have his toothbrush, everything that he ever owned I have. If he came back today, everything would still be intact because I love my husband. After a couple of years of us being together, I found out that he was using powder cocaine. He also drank beer. I was 16 when I met him and I didn't know much about what he was doing until I saw him getting high with others. Eventually, I started using myself and became addicted to snorting powder, which led to my downfall. At first, in my 20s, I was getting high. 
He and I would argue and fight a lot some days. Both of us was getting high. These times were really rough and they and it landed us being evicted and homeless. One day, after a while, it just stopped being fun. It became depressing. So I decided in 2008 that that was my last straw and it was the end for me. I stopped using coke and smoking cigarettes. I stopped both cold turkey and didn't look back. For me, I realized I was taken away from myself. He and I getting high together wasn't fun anymore and it became depressing. I had to change people, places, and things. He, on the other hand, never did stop. I didn't allow him to bring the drugs in our home, so he started hanging out elsewhere. Over a period of time, I found out he was starting to smoke the cocaine and I was devastated. There were times he didn't come home and he owed people money. I went through hell with this man trying to keep him from using. I begged, cried, pleaded, and fought. When he sobered up to get back on track, he'd clean himself up and go back to work. And we'd have good times, ate the best of foods. He, he loved to drink beer and he liked to have a couple of beers each day after a hard day of work. He was a functioning addict for many years. But then one day he bought a pickup truck in January of 2021 and he became mobile. This is when things really started going downhill for him. An addict with transportation was not a great idea. He started to take time off work when he was using. He would go on binges and would he'd come back when, it, when it's over, he'll come back to recuperate until it was time to do it again. This wasn't done every day, but it was quite frequent. I became numb to it because it was normal for me at this point. I cried to him asking him please to stop hurting me and abandoning our marriage to go get high, to stop taking our money, to stop hanging in the street for days at a time. It took a lot of mental ang anguish for me, but I remained loyal to him at all costs. Sometimes he would do the right thing and we'd have an evening where he would stay in bed and watch movies. He was sitting in his truck one night and he told me he was going to the store. This had to be around 12 a.m. on October 14th. I'd wake up through the night to try to call and not get any answer. The next day the hospital called me to come in. I told them to have my husband to call me. I was kind of reluctant to go because I was working and I thought my husband was having another anxiety or panic attack and checked himself in the hospital as he usually did. But when they said he came in unknown, that's got, that got my attention and I stopped everything what I was doing and ran down there. When they arrived, when I arrived, they went and got the guy that called me, which turned out to be the chaplain, which he brought me to another room where I waited for a doctor to come in. When the doctor came in, he asked me, did, did you know what happened to him? I started getting upset and, and asked the doctor 
was my husband alive? And when he shook his head no, I ran out of that room screaming. I can remember collapsing and crying frantically. At this point, the police had gotten involved because they looked at it as an overdose. Turns out he was with a cousin when he passed away and they took him to the fire station the next morning. When the fire station took him to the hospital, which they said he was dead on arrival, the cause of death, according to the autopsy results, was methamphetamine, which turned out to be ice laced with fentanyl. My life has been completely turned around, upside down overnight. His death was so unexpected. I grieve the loss of him daily. I will never forget my husband, although he had a drug habit. He did everything for me and I miss him so much. At the funeral, I was on autopilot. I don't even remember having the chance to grieve. I was so busy trying to make sure everything was in order. He didn't have a traditional funeral because of our beliefs, because we weren't religious. So most people was curious on how it was going to turn out, which it turned out to be perfect. It was a, a more of a memorial with an open casket. Everything was done in one day, so that included the viewing as well. I opened up with a letter to my husband, and then I let everyone come up who knew him and say what they wanted. We played music. His brother played the guitar, and those who knew him had the chance to say, and speak and it lasted about two hours then we went to the site which was a huge turnout I was so I was so blown how many people showed and showed love afterwards we had the repast at his mom's house with the biggest block party I was amazed of all of the support from his family and friends and the people that that showed up and they showed out this week I was finally able to put his gravestone which is beautifully decorated in honor of him god i love this man so much and still do in death i swear i would do this all again all of the pain i'll get i'll do it again everything just to have my husband back again but the universe says it's over his contract is over so here i am to pick up the pieces I feel like screaming because he was so young and healthy. He was 47 years old. There is no reason he shouldn't be here. I'm telling my story to help raise awareness so that others may know that they are not alone in this fight. You never know what other people are going through. And your story may be a little less, a little worse than someone else's. Because of his death, it caused me to dive deep in topics of the afterlife. Knowing that his soul lives on and his body is just a skin suit or avatar and that he still lives on in spirit brings me a little comfort. He sends me signs. He does a lot of things. He, it's amazing that, that, that the signs that he leaves for me to let me know that he's still here. I also plan to write a book about my life with my husband and having to live with alcohol and drug addiction and once again I really appreciate this 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 opportunity and I thank you all for listening 
Good day. Since you've been away, I've been down and lonely. Since you've been away, I've been thinking of you. Trying to understand the reason you left me. What were you going through? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm missing you. Oh.